Welcome to The Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get where you want to go. Whether you are in your car, folding laundry, cooking, cleaning, or maybe even just enjoying a cup of coffee and a few minutes of quiet, we're so glad you're joining us today. Here's your host, wife, mom of six kids, foster mom, entrepreneur, and author, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of The Crystal Payne Show. I am really excited about this interview. I've been looking forward to it because I feel like I get to have kind of the podcasting guru, the one that like... Everyone, if you listen to podcasts, you know this person that I have, and, and she doesn't even need an introduction. But Annie F. Downs is in studio today, and I am so excited to have you, Hi, Annie. Friend. Thank you. Oh, thanks for letting me. I just love getting to see you and be here with you. So this is fun for me. It is so fun to have you here, and you have a brand new book. Yeah. Children's book yeah. called So Happy to Know You. And I have loved reading this book with my kids. Thank you. We have read it multiple, multiple times. It is such a fun book. And I mean, that sounds fun. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. So it should yeah. be fun. But tell us a little bit about yourself before we get to the book. And yeah. then I have so many other things I want to talk about. Yeah. So um, I have been writing, speaking, podcasting for a, since 2012. This has been my full-time job for 12 years. And when did you start podcasting? 14. This is our 10th year anniversary. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I know. So it's you really were definitely like, like one of the first. I mean, I don't, there was a, there was a whole crew before me, but yeah, we've been doing it a long time. And the problem for people like you and I who've been doing this for so long, it, and this is like way in the weeds for our friends listening, but a lot of the platforms don't prioritize legacy shows. They prioritize brand new shows. Mm-hmm. And so you and I are doing a work and a half to find listeners who might care about our content because we've been doing this a long time. <laughs> Yeah, which is great. The Lord handles it all. So I've been doing this for that long. Uh, before that, I taught elementary school. Do you know that part of my life that I taught? Yes, um, two years. I think I've read all of your books. Oh, yeah, so I'm one right. of those Thank people. You. How many books have you written? Um, this is 11. So happy to know you as 11. I, I'm pretty sure Thank I've read all you. of those. You're so kind. Thank you, Crystal. Um, and so I did two years of fifth grade and three years of fourth grade. And so the sweetest thing about getting to write children's books has been... I feel like, and, and you're going to love this story about this one, but I feel like I'm getting to honor my former career mm. and my current career. And mm. I don't know that we get a lot of chances to do that, mm. but I feel like I'm honoring my like training as a teacher of like, is this on grade level? And, and can, is this accessible? And does every kid see a kid that might look like them mm. in the book? And all these things that I remember mattering when I taught school. So I taught in 2003 to 2008. And I, and with fourth and fifth graders, I taught nine and 10 year olds. So mm-hmm. now, 15 years later, those people that were my children are now 25 to 30 mm-hmm. and they have kids. And so when, so I dedicated so happy to know you to those kids, to mm-hmm. the students that I taught. And so as the book was coming out, I got on Facebook. I haven't been on Facebook in forever. I deleted my Facebook a few years ago, but I got on Facebook and I pulled up all five of my classes, my homeroom classes. Mm. And I went through and found as many of those kids as I could. And I said, Hey, this is Miss Downs. I don't know if you remember me. I was your fifth grade teacher. I've written a book and dedicated it to you. Could I mail you one? And I got to mail a hundred books out of my 180 kids I taught. And it has been 
the sweetest. It's just like hearing back from them and seeing pictures of them reading so happy to know you to their kids Mm. feels like this like legacy thing I'm getting to do that I didn't know I'd get to do. Mm. And so it is just, it is so happy to know you is such a special book to me because it fits in a public school classroom. It fits Mm -hmm. in a public library, but it is a God story. Mm -hmm. And so we get to kind of, we call it sneaky Jesus around our parts. And so we get to kind of be sneaky Jesus of like Mm -hmm. introduce a concept to these children of that the way they were made is on purpose. Mm -hmm. They are not an accident. There is nothing about you that is not the way God meant for you to be. Mm. And so as we teach them and so happy to know you, what we're kind of saying is like, listen, the thing about you that feels the most different about you is actually the biggest gift you offer the world. Mm. And so me being like, I'm always Annie, me being always Annie of like, yeah, I'm going to be loud and yeah, I'm going to show up funny. And yeah, I'm going to, that, that the thing that bugged me about me in middle school is actually what has made me, me as a grown up. Mm. And so getting to do that, Crystal, like, and put that in the hands of those kids I taught in public school where I couldn't openly talk about Jesus then. I mean, they all knew, but I couldn't openly talk about Jesus then because of, I was honoring the contract I'd signed as a public school teacher. Getting to put this in their hands now has been probably the greatest gift of this book mm. is that a bunch of fourth and fifth graders from the early 2000s have it in their home. I love you mentioned that, you know, showing different children as yeah. a mom who has a child who has Down syndrome and yeah. it was very medically complex. Like I noticed that immediately in nice. books and I really appreciate that, that, yeah. you know, it's, but it's not, you're not making it as like this weird thing. It's yeah. just like, this is normal. And so for kids to be raised in a culture where there are a lot of differences, I think that that's such a gift. And so I really appreciated that. And I also just love you then threw in some educational stuff because there's ABCs in here without us even kind of noticing, you know, we just all of a sudden we're doing the ABCs (laughs) and we're talking about all the different letters and things that make a child special. I wanted to go back to, you mentioned that growing up, you know, these things like your personality made you feel like almost like, um, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but like something was wrong with you. That's exactly right. And so how have you really reconciled that, like gotten to the place to realize this is actually a gift. Yeah. Well, first I'm with you. I want to honor our illustrator, Jenny Poe, because I would say to Jenny, I just want every kid to see someone who kind of looks like them. Mm -hmm. And she did such a beautiful job. Even the child that has a hearing aid, Mm -hmm. it is, we never talk about it, but in this and in what sounds fun to you, both the kids books, there's a kid with a hearing aid Mm -hmm. that is such a tiny little thing that I would never notice as a reader. But I'll tell you who notices is the mom and dads who have kids with hearing aids. Mm -hmm. They email us all the time Mm -hmm. and say like, my kids saw a cochlear implant that looks like theirs. Mm -hmm. So I'm, that is a lot. Thanks to Jenny Poe, our illustrator. Um, yeah. So for me growing up, my personality was just always bigger than me. You know, like my personality just always didn't quite fit in the body that I had. And so I was always trying to suss out for myself. How are you this big? Mm. (laughs) Right? Like, and especially I'm 43. So I was coming of age in the nineties. And what we were told was take up as little space as possible. Mm. The more attractive you are depends on if you're taking up as little space as you possibly can. So cross your legs really tight. I notice it on airplanes still, Crystal, Mm. where I will cross my arms and legs and the guy next to me will spread out. And that is not his fault. That is that 
I have been conditioned mm. to take up as little space as possible. So man, I unwrap my arms <laughs> and I, I, I paid for this full seat, you know? Um, but that was true of me in sixth grade it, and in seventh grade where I thought I am so much, I just need to take up less space and I could never figure out how to do it. Mm. It was actually really challenging when I look back on it now it was really challenging because I could never sort out how to take up less space. Mm. I couldn't change my body like I wanted to. I couldn't change my personality. And so it took getting into, and here's the other thing that may throw a wrench in all of it. I was a Christian the whole time. Mm. So I was walking with Jesus. I was going to youth group. I was praying. I, I was caring about my friends getting saved in high school. Like I was a believer the whole time. And yet I felt like I was made wrong. Mm. And and that I was given this personality that was supposed to fit in a different person than me. And it took probably into my mid-teens, mid-20s, probably that decade of like college, right? That, that's what I'm, I'm saying like 18 to 20. I'm like, oh, when I was in college to like have this moment and these multiple moments of going, oh, I'm that's on purpose. Mm. God did that on purpose. There's like a, a lane on the earth that only Annie F. Downs can run. Oh, okay. And then I spent probably another decade figuring out how to live that truth. And then, so it probably took me, I mean, some would call it late bloomer. I don't like that phrase. I think it implies you're late (laughs) versus you're just blooming when you're meant to bloom. What I would say is I got healing early. Mm. So I got to reboot early. And so I got to actually be the adult I wanted to be in my 30s versus not getting real healing or damaging a ton of people on the process in my 30s and 40s. Mm. And so that's how I can write So Happy to Know You because my hope, Crystal, with what sounds fun to you is So Happy to Know You is that we're actually saying these things to five-year-olds and six-year-olds that I wasn't really hearing until I was 15 or 16. Mm. And so if we can say it when they're five of like, hey, the way you are, I mean, it says that the best thing about you is you. If I can really help kids believe that in the public school they're in and a low income community where they're not sure how they're going to grow up and chase their dreams, if we can just help them understand that God made them on purpose, then that's setting them on a trajectory. And that's kind of my goal as a person. I'm sure we'll talk about this as a person who's not married yet. I don't have any kids of my own. This is how God is allowing me to parent <laughs> and to invest in the next generation and to be a part of what you're doing. I'm, I'm getting to come into your home through this book and partner with you in your parenting mm-hmm. in a 30 minute window once a month or whenever y'all read it. Mm-hmm. And it just, it feels like an, um, the kindness of God and mm-hmm. how he's answered prayers in a way very different than I thought he would. Mm-hmm. And I love you acknowledging that because I think that there are so many people who miss out on opportunities to mother yes, because they didn't have a biological child. Yeah, that's yet. right. That's right. And so I think for you to see that God is allowing you to mother thousands and that's thousands right. of that's children right. and come alongside other mothers and help them mother well. Yeah. And he's giving you this gift right now, even though it's not the gift that you probably right. wanted. That's right. That's exactly right. It's, if you'd have told 25-year-old Annie that 43-year-old Annie's looked like life looks like this, I'd have been like, unsubscribe. That is not <laughs> what I would pick. Um, and yet, I said to the Lord the other day, I went on... Um, yeah, I'll tell you this, Crystal. I'm like, sometimes I forget like other people are listening, but it's my friend Crystal. Um, I went on a date a little bit ago and I was like, oh, I might really 
like this guy mm-hmm. and he might really like me. And what if we, you know, with every one of them, you're like, what if this is the one? And so I have all these conversations with God where I'm like, if this is the one, here's something I want to tell you before I fall in love. <laughs> I want to tell you, you know, so I have these like me and God's last days of just us kind of conversations too often. But at, a couple of weeks ago, I just said to the Lord, like, I wouldn't have done this different. Mm. If you, if you offered for me to rewrite this story, I don't think I'd have done it different mm. because things like so happy to know you exist that would not exist. And you're right. I mean, when, whereas I used to teach 30 kids a day, now there are thousands of kids a day that are experiencing Annie Miss Downs, whatever you would call her, um, through the books and through the mini BFF podcast and through these things we've created that partner with parents. I can't parent your kids, but I can come in and partner and give you conversations to have. And, um, and so I get to do that through, and I get to do it up close with a couple of families that we are a village together. And they, you know, I, one of my friends has twins and one of the twins is in the hospital and they called me to come sit with the other twin. I mean, like we're doing village work. So I'm doing that in my real life and in my work life. And I think that is such a a gift from God, Mm -hmm. truly. I want to dig into this because I feel like there are so many women who are listening who they are married Mm -hmm. and have a family and they just really are probably kind of associating with other women who are in a similar stage of life. Totally. Which makes sense because that's who's at the pool and that's who's at the PTA meetings and that's who's in carpool. And yet I feel like there's this whole world of other women out there that could bring so much life and joy and meaning and just wisdom to their life. Before we started recording, I was telling you that two of my closest friends are single and I learn so much from them. And I can't imagine not having the gift of them in my life, but it does take a little bit of effort and work Mm because you got to go outside of your little bubble and you have to put forth some effort. And so I'd love to hear from your vantage point. Like, what do you wish? You can be just completely honest. What do you wish that other married women... Yeah how they could come alongside you as a single woman. Yeah, that's really kind. Thank you for asking. And as much as it is the married woman's job to get out of her box and to make friends with people who, women who aren't like her, it's also the single woman's job, Mm -hmm. right? Because we can also get tied up in the only people who understand me are other women who are single in their forties and have never been married. And that's not true. You understand me. Annie Barnes understands me. Like my best friends understand me. And so they don't have to understand every single part of me, but that would be true if I was married because I'm not married Mm -hmm. to their husband. We're not sister wives. We don't have the same experience in our homes. And so, so what I would say matters a lot is, is I have found in my 20 years of being the single friend to married friends is that there are oftentimes where women will say, well, I was going to have you over, but my house was such a mess Mm. or your life is so quiet. I didn't want you to come over. There are six kids and it's so loud at dinner. And I just didn't think you'd want to. Mm. And so my encouragement to 
married women would be don't say no for single women where they haven't said no. Mm. And, and because we can come over and eat dinner and then we get to go home. Like we don't have to stay. We go home at eight o'clock and you have to put all the kids down and you have to wonder if they're going to wake up and throw up in the middle of the night. Not me. I'm going to sleep. You know, like I'm going to go home and watch a show and I'm going to go to bed. And so don't say no for us where we haven't said no. Mm. If we, if you need help doing, if you just want someone standing with you while you're doing your laundry, and you know, I'm home and you say, Hey, I've been meaning to catch up. Do you want, can you just come over here and fold with me? Let me say no. Mm. Don't say no for me. I think a lot of times we say no for each other out of our own insecurities. And, and that takes healthy people on both sides. Mm -hmm. And so if you're working with no offense to our friends listening, if you're working with a bunch of Enneagram twos, they may not say no for a while, even if they wanted to, but, but the healthier the relationship gets, the more people are going to say yes and say no when they really want to and really can. I think that really matters. I think just, I'll tell you a thing single people say to me a lot. Single people say to me a lot in all sorts of different decades of their life. I wish my married friends set me up with people. Mm. And so what I have, what I've heard dating coaches say, my dating coaches said, what I've heard counselors say is when, if I said to you, Crystal, will you set me up on a date? You'd be like, yes, of course. Let me think. And you and your husband would sit and you'd think about which are your friends. You'd be like, ah, oh, Rob's great, but I don't know. Ken is great, but I, and then you talk about it today and then you forget. Totally fine. Of course you do. So what the single person needs to do is say, Hey, I'm trying to go on five dates in February. Can you set me up on one of them? Mm. If we, if the single person comes to you and says a time limit, there's a much higher chance you're going to go, Oh my gosh, I've got February to put Annie on a date with someone. And, and then for the married person, the thing is, if you have single men and women in your life, are you thinking about whether they would like to know each other mm. and asking them, Hey, would you, are you in a place you want me to set you up with someone? I have this guy that is just, this happened to me last night at dinner, a husband of, I was at dinner with a family and the husband said, sitting at church on Sunday, I thought of someone, can I show him to you? And that was, and that was, and I said, yeah, show him to me. And then I said, okay, I've been thinking about this guy. Can I show him to you? Do you know him? And so we just started this conversation. And before I left dinner, we said, what's the next step? Mm. Because a lot of times the single person, the married person may say, can I set you up with Rob? And the single person goes, yeah, totally. And they go, okay, great. And then you leave and the single person goes home and goes, are they going to call them? Or am I supposed to follow him on Instagram? Or are they going to... Oh gosh, I bet they did call him. And he said, no. And I bet the reason, I, and what has happened is you had to get throw up that night and you have not thought about again that you told Annie that you were going to call Rob. And so then suddenly, finally, I get up the nerve three weeks later to send a little text that says, Hey, it's no big deal, but I'm sure did, did Rob just say, no, it's totally fine if he did. And you go, Oh my gosh, I have not thought about that again. I am so sorry. Right. I mean, am I like writing a true story here? And so the, telling, asking your single friends, do you want me to set you up? Do you want me to be thinking about that? And then making a real plan with them um, is a great way to step into this thing that, especially if the woman, I'm, I'm speaking for women mostly, but I'm sure it's true of dudes too. If the woman has sat at your kitchen table and expressed to you or in a Bible study and has expressed it, or you have, she was your bridesmaid mm. and you have known for 20, y'all are college roommates and you know she wants to be married. Then, don't just set her up on a date, but start a conversation of like, how can I be part of this? Mm. 
can I swipe for you tonight? Can we, while we're eating dinner and having margaritas and chips and salsa, hand me your phone. Mm-hmm. Let me get on Bumble. Let mm-hmm. me see what I see. And it, just being with us in that, my marriage is not your responsibility. Mm-hmm. Me meeting my husband is not your responsibility, but the likelihood that you know someone that, I mean, really, Crystal, the likelihood in your neighborhood with your friends at your church, there is a chance you might know someone in my age bracket. And I have never asked you to set me up. So I'm saying you're welcome to set me up. I am not in a thing that I am unavailable to be set up in. But um, I think having you in it with me, mm-hmm. having the married women in it with me and their husbands, it's so sweet. Uh, it feels like even if, even if I never get married, this is family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just because they care about the thing I care about, right? And so that that to me is what... Does that ring true to you? Does that feel like with your single girlfriends, do you feel like you get to swipe for them sometimes? Yeah. So my one friend who she's actually getting married in a few months, <gasps> yes. which is like so exciting um, after 20 years. Uh-huh. Um, and how'd she meet him? Uh, online. Yeah, yes. And great. like, but we had a thing where anytime before she would go on a date, I would do like... I'd go stalk on the yes, internet yes. and do all dig up everything I possibly could and be like, totally. mm, this sounds good or this doesn't yeah. sound good. Yellow I, flags everywhere. <laughs> I got really good at like finding his mom's Facebook page right. and like finding out all sorts of stuff. Right. I had so much fun with it. My girls, in fact, they are 19 and 16. They're yeah. like, mom, you're like a little like 16 year old who like, you know, they're like, yeah. it takes you back to like their <laughs> dating yeah. days or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, but this is so much fun. Yeah. But it's also me saying like, I care. Yes. Like, I am invested in this. You are not alone. And I'm also not going to let you get hooked up with a loser, yeah, you know, that's and, right. and like, but I value you. And so for me, that was the way that I could, as a married woman, come alongside and be like, show me pictures, tell me everything. I want to totally. know all the details and I'm going to go do as much digging online as I can as yeah. well. And I might not tell you everything. And, you know, yeah, that's right. I'm not going to tell you the red flags. I'm going to let you. Yeah. <laughs> or that you love. I mean, that you like love some things about the guy. I think it's mm-hmm. important. There are times where my married friends withhold their favorite things about someone because they don't want me falling super hard yet. They're like, oh, this is the best guy we've ever seen. We cannot tell her. We have to let this play out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think, I mean, that's so beautiful. You're in that with them. The thing that would serve both sides, the married and the single, is if we just don't assume things. Mm -hmm. If I don't assume you don't want to help me. And if you don't assume I'm dying to get married, Mm -hmm. right? Because your friends are, we're going to go in and out of seasons of all of it. This is true as we've watched our friends have kids too. There are seasons where someone's trying to get pregnant and that is what they want to talk about. And then they stop trying for a season and we go, oh, okay, we don't don't talk about it. We can talk about something. Chips and salsa. Fine, fine, fine. You know? Um, And so just not assuming on both sides, but just asking, hey, did do you want me to set you up? Are you in a season where you want to? And someone go, oh my gosh, my schedule is so crazy. Don't do it right now, but start thinking. But I'll tell you when I'm home this summer or this summer when we're at the pool, we're going to, we're going to find somebody, you know, mm-hmm. I think the removing assumptions and just asking questions and being curious, seeing pe- everybody wants to be seen. Mm-hmm. And so just seeing the single women in your church or the teachers at your school, there are so many young, brilliant women teaching in schools that have not met their spouse yet. Mm-hmm. So step in there, you know, like ask her if you, if you feel comfortable with that, especially at this point in the year, you know, as the year is going on. And, and so I, I think there's a, just a lot of um, opportunity for seeing each other. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that it's really in every relationship, you know, people just want to be seen. That's exactly right. Like really leaning in and asking curious questions. Um, but I love that, you know, you're just 
being honest, like mm-hmm. being honest. And my other single friend, not too long ago, we had a conversation and I just was like, ask her some honest questions because yeah. I wanted to know, like, how do I love you well? Like, yes. how do I walk with you well? And, you know, I think that that is so, so important. And so I just really appreciate you sharing all of that. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. If you've heard me talk at all over the last few years, you know that I went through a season where I had very severe seasonal allergies and it took me a while to figure out what was triggering it and it was debilitating. If you've ever suffered from this, I actually had my polyps got really swollen in my nose and then I got chronic rhinitis so I could not smell out of my nose. And not only that, but I would have these really awful headaches, the kind that just kept me from being able to enjoy my life. And I started going to an ENT, and one of the things that he recommended was Claritin D. And so for a time period, I took Claritin, and it was such a help to me. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. It works so well. I am a living testament to how well it works. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. So if you've ever suffered from seasonal allergies, if you can relate to kind of some of the things that I have experienced and you want some relief... I highly recommend checking out Claritin D. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. This episode is sponsored by ByHeart, and I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in, and all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal. 
for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. Amwar makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Amwar, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for new-to-use styles. Now, I mentioned on the podcast recently that I have been pregnant or breastfeeding for four and a half years, and that season of my life came to a close recently, and I was like, I forgot I can wear normal clothes again that don't need to be breastfeeding friendly or constantly changing in sizes with a postpartum body. And so now I'm left with trying to figure out, well, what do I wear? What is my style? I can't even remember. And styles have changed so much in the last few years. And so I've been having fun experimenting with different types of clothing. And I love that Amoir has allowed me to try some different styles of jeans and kind of step outside my comfort zone and figure out what I love, what works for my body type, and to not have spent money on things that I was like, "Mm, actually, this doesn't work after I wore it a few times and realized I don't really like it. And so it's been a great opportunity for me to try out some new things and help me to define my personal style. And I also love that the style quiz, the different suggestions that they gave after I took the style quiz, it was right in line with what I would want to wear. And so I have just loved this service and I would love for you to get to try it out and get a great deal. Right now, my listeners can give Amoir a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit amoir.style forward slash crystal. That is amoir.style A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash crystal to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Amoir today. I'd love to hear also from you. So it's been a lot of years that this has been a longing for you. Yeah. Again, I don't want to put words in your mouth. No, you're right. um, How have you, how do you sit in the tension of the now and the not yet. Yeah. And it feels so, that tension feels so true. It feels pretty profoundly true at this age mm-hmm. because having kids is, the, that window is closing mm-hmm. timing wise. And desire wise, purely out of like, do I want to lose sleep at 43? I don't know. <laughs> I've been sleeping for the last 20 years <laughs> while y'all were raising kids. Um, so it's a really profound tension between what you desire and what God has given you and what you hope he gives you. I don't think this is unique to single women. Mm -hmm. I do think there are a couple of desires that are lifelong that make it unique, Mm -hmm. right? So uh, when I think about my married friends who are, um, you know, I'm thinking about some of my friends that they're praying for things for their kids Mm -hmm. and you go like, yeah, yeah, but you didn't know your kid 20 years ago. I was already praying for this same thing 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. And so it's just a little bit different. I think it's, I, I, one is not better than the other. One is not harder than the other. Um, and so for me sitting in this for so long, 
has allowed for a lot of different seasons, <laughs> all the emotions on the chart. And, and I think where I sit now is, you know, here's what I think. Here's what I remember when I was 30, I don't know. No, it was when I was turning 30. I was turning 30 and I went to my OBGYN who was 35 and single. She's married now. And I remember her saying, can I pray for you? And I said, yeah. And she said, and just because I pray for you doesn't mean you're going to be 35 and single. I don't want you to feel that. And I thought that is a profoundly selfless thing to say, Mm -hmm. because she's saying, I know my life looks scary to you. So just by me praying for you does not mean you'll have my life. I mean, Mm -hmm. LOL, 43 and single, but that is not her fault, you know? And so the, I have to keep holding that tension of hope. Even when days are scary, there are days that are scary where you go like, how am I ever going to do this forever? What am I going to do when I'm old? What am I? Also, I'm like, man, those 55 plus neighborhoods look awesome. Like that is, that seems beautiful. (laughs) And everybody's like hanging out. It's like going to college again. And so there's solutions, of course, but I, um, it takes a lot of conversations with the Lord, a lot of conversations with honestly more married friends than single friends. It can get pretty dark if you only talk to single people about your struggle with being single, because that brings up whatever they're struggling with. Here's a perfect example, Crystal. A friend of mine is turning 40. I'm 43. She is spinning about it. She turned 40, maybe in another three months or something. So she has a little bit of time. So she's in that like last little window before she turns 40 and she's not married yet spinning, spinning, spinning. And I'm like, I hear you. We're our little group of friends. It's a, everybody lives in different cities. So it's all on Marco Polo or on text. And, and one of the things she said is men think of women different once they turn 40. Now that is her pain. That is her fear. But she said all that to eight others of us Mm. who are single and already 40. And so then you go like, what? Wait, what? wait, that's not my fear. Now that's my fear. What are you talking about? And so these things enter into this place where you're trying to hold so much hope. And so it's healthier for me to talk to married women about my hope than it is to talk to single women because it stirs up stuff like that. And suddenly I'm like, what? (laughs) What's happening? And I think what we get to do for each other in community like this is I get to come to my married friends and sometimes to my single friends, but often more to my married friends and go like, I am still trying so hard to hold this hope. And I just need to say it out loud. It feels lighter if I say it out loud. I I joke a lot that I want to be the one that if I never get married on earth, I get to heaven and I go up to Lord and I'd be like, that wasn't on me. I hoped all the way. I prayed. I tried. (laughs) You know, like I want to say to the Lord when I get there, like it wasn't because I gave up hope. I hoped all the way through. And so, but hope also can be really painful. Everyone knows that, right? And when you think about your kids and the healing you want for them, and when you think about your community that listens to this and follows you and the hope you have for them, I mean, it it is profound in everyone's life, Mm. Um, the choice to hold on to hope. And, And so I'm trying, I'm trying to just keep doing that. And, and seeing where God shows up, like getting to write, so happy to know you and getting to build the single purpose league and getting to do all these things that feel like, because this is your season, then you get to do this. Mm. Whereas a lot of times it's like, I don't, I don't want to do this. I want to have the life I've always wanted to have. Mm. And then the Lord just goes like, yeah, but 
look what you get to do. Mm-hmm. And I don't always feel it, but I can say it. And mm-hmm. so I think that's true about hope too. I don't always feel hopeful, but I can say the words. So I think that's how I hold the tension. Mm-hmm. And what's your, what are your thoughts on it? How do you hold the tension of what you want, but don't have? I mean, I was thinking how, what you're saying is like, you're choosing hope. It's an active yeah. choice. Yes. It's not something that's just going to happen. That's right. You have to get up every day, mm-hmm. get up for yeah. one, you can't right. stay in bed. And then you have to get up and say, I'm going to actively choose hope today. And then like you were saying, when you had the conversation about, you know, what's the next step? Yeah. Like, and so whether it's with a guy or whatever it is, you know, what's the next step? Maybe it's that I need to get healing my in my own heart and so that I am going to be a healthier person to be in totally. a relationship because sometimes totally. we're not ready to step into relationship because we've got a lot of stuff that we need to work through yes. in order to be at a place to step yes. into that. And so um, I, I love that. I love you sharing all this and I would love for you to tell us a little bit. You mentioned the single purposely. Yeah. Tell us about that. Yeah. Here's what happened, Crystal. This is crazy. I mean, when I started this job, when you and I were blogging a hundred years ago, I said two things I'm never going to talk about. My singleness and my body. Nobody's business. Those two things are mine. And you know how the Lord is. He's like, oh, that's sweet. You think you get to keep two, you, think you get to lock up two things that you don't ever have to talk about publicly with this job. You know that that is not how this one goes. That has not been true in your life. That has not been true in my life. But for a long time, I was able to lock both of them up. Over last summer, we did a series on That Sounds Fun. And it was a dating series. And as it was starting, I thought, I want to, I want to like post on Instagram and send an email to all the single people and just say, Hey, tell your friends about this series. It was when I tell you, it was a marketing thing. It was purely like, I want to see how many are out there and I want to get them to tell their friends because I can't reach their friends. So we, I get on Instagram and I say, Hey, are you single? Me too. Um, I would love to tell you something. I'm not selling you anything. I want to tell you something. If I could have your email address, I'm going to send you an email at the end of the week. And our goal was 500 to 1,000 email addresses. And by that Friday, we had 20,000 email addresses. 20,000. And I, I, I did not even cry. I, it, I just had this moment where I felt the Lord is like, I need you. Mm. And I was like, I don't want to. But suddenly you see 20,000 people who need to be seen. And so we spent the back half of last year as a team, dreaming up and planning, what do we do? What do we do? We asked the Lord. We brought in some experts. We brought in some people who know the space better than me because I'm not not long-term public about singleness, very short-term public about singleness. So, um, though everybody has known, but you know, I haven't been public about it really, my own journey very much. And and so that's how we built Single Purpose League is we thought, okay, we just need a place. We need a place where everybody can gather, where we can talk to them a little more privately than the World Wide Web, where I can feel a little safer. It feels a little bit like putting the toad in warm water and turning the water up. I'm turning the temperature up. Like I'm not quite ready to be um, as vulnerable about my own experience publicly as I am in a group of people who are similar to me. And so that's... That's what we built is a single purpose league. And, and the question is, what is my single purpose? And what is my purpose while I'm single? And because our single purpose is to glorify God, right? Like that's, that is full stop. All of us. That is, that's why we're here is to bring glory to God. And and then what is my purpose while I'm single is a different question. And so what is this? Why am I here? What's our, 
why is this the story that God is telling with my life? And, and I woke up today unmarried. I woke up today, not in love. I woke up today with no one expressing that he's in love with me, though. I'm sure they're just everywhere, Crystal. I'm sure they're just droves of them. All that was true on today. And so what is my purpose today? My purpose is not being married today. My purpose is something in my singleness is meant to honor God today with my life. Okay. And so that's what we wanted to do is gather people and not go like in this hard, though we will say that, but mostly get the single people together. And it's a lot of Christians because they are struggling in the church and they are saying like, what do we do? And we go, exactly. Let's figure out what we do. Now, my caveat to the church is when you and I were of seminary age and our peers were going to seminary, the church was not 50% single either. So they didn't learn either. There wasn't a class for my pastor or your pastor. There wasn't a class that said, how do you deal with single people in your church? I hope to God there is now. There was not 20 years ago. So the men and women leading our churches, more men than women, the men that are leading our churches are married and have been married for a long time. And they do not know this life. Mm And so we get to partner with them. I have heard from so many people who say, my pastor asked me about being single. Someone on the church staff set up a coffee from, with me about my singleness. What should I say? And I go, I don't know. I don't go to your church. Tell them what you need. You t- the churches are trying. I don't think they're not trying. I don't think they're thoughtless. I think they need to have the single people come along and say, here's what we need. Mm. And here's what we can help. Now, there have been bad experiences. Of course, it's a bell curve. There are churches who do not care. There are churches who have done it wrong. There are churches who are trying. I think the majority, I think the middle of the bell, bell curve are churches who care and want to try. Mm. Um, I had this really, I, I watched the Hillsong documentary and in it, this is not a statement on Carl and Laura at all, but in it, Carl says, I wanted to be a pastor. So I knew I needed to get married. Mm. Crystal, when you and I were growing up, women, I can't tell you how many women went into ministry and thought, I'm going to go into ministry to find my partner. Mm. The men went in and said, I'm going to find my partner and then go into ministry. Mm. And that miscommunication has been happening for the last X amount of years. And there are a lot of single women working at churches who got into ministry because they felt called by God. And they thought, I'm going to run fast after Jesus and look to my left and my right and see who's running next to me. And what's ended up happening is those men on the left and the right, before they started their race, they got married. (laughs) So that does not mean we're hopeless. That does not mean there are not single men in ministry. There are a lot of single men in ministry too, but... Every single one of us listening can name a lot more women who are doing ministry single than men who are doing ministry single. And so we just have, have a problem to solve mm-hmm. in the church. And married women and men get to be a part of that and single women and men get to be a part of that. And so that's part of Single Purpose League too, is how can we help people? I'm not trying to be like, you know me. I'm not trying to be a poster job. <laughs> I am also not trying to be the Joan of Arc that runs into every church with a sword on fire. That's not what I'm trying to do. I want to equip the singles who want to have conversations with their churches with what they need to feel like they can go have those conversations mm-hmm. and see what happens. Um, I, I say a lot, we live in a town where there are a lot of church options. Mm-hmm. Thanks be to God. We need a lot of seats. If every college student got saved this weekend, there are not enough chairs in our town. Mm-hmm. So, Thanks be to God for how many churches we have because we want people to come to Christ. The thing that can happen is you go, I am not happy here. I'm switching, right? Mm -hmm. And there are times where that is very right. So this is not an all or nothing, but 
the thing I've done for myself is gone. Okay. If this was a hundred years ago, this is my church. This is the only church in our little village. What can I do to help make it better? And so that doesn't mean I'll be at my church for until I die. I hope I am, but I don't know that. And, but it means that today I'm living like this is the church of my life and I will do what I can to help it reach people that it wants to reach. So good. Okay. So we have three takeaways, I think. One, if you have children in your life, whether they are your children or whether they are nieces, nephews, Mm. any child in your life, whether you teach children, you need to get a copy of So Happy to Know You. I think that that will just be such a gift, like this message of how God has uniquely wired you. Yeah. And it's a gift to the world. That message, oh man, our kids... Our teenagers, yeah, right. <laughs> they need this message, so let's start it when they're young, so that they have it engraved in their heart as they get older. That's your first, your first takeaway. The second takeaway: single purpose league. If you know someone, if you are single, divorced, yeah. widowed, single, everyone's welcome. Yeah, that's right. If you know someone who is single. Tell them to go check it out. Where where's the best place? How they, how can um, they check it out? It's Patreon. It's a Patreon community because mm-hmm. we're invested. We want everyone yes. invested. Mm-hmm. So it's patreon.com slash Annie F Downs. Okay. But you can also Google single purpose league and you'll get to my website and we'll get you there. Okay. So that is your second takeaway. Your third takeaway is you need to go find someone in your life who is single and you need to become good friends with them, walk with them, love them, invite them into your life, Yes, get to know them and really lean in and listen to them and learn from them. I think it's so easy to feel like, well, we're just so different. You can learn the most from people who are very different from you. That's the thing that I found. So actively seek out people who are in different life seasons. It's going to bless you so much. And also ask them, if they are interested That's in getting right. married That's and right. go help them. Let's help. Let's, Let's get everybody married that wants to be married. Let's help our friends. And then finally, well, we got a fourth takeaway and that is, I love the questions. I'd love for you to say, okay, so single purpose league, you said there were two questions that yes. you were trying to answer with that. Tell yes. us those again. Um, what is your single purpose and what is your purpose while you're single? And I think that this can apply to everyone. We can change it a little bit. Yeah. What is your single purpose today? Like you talked about waking up and you're unmarried today. So what has God called you to? Maybe you're waking up, you're in a very different season. What is God calling you to today? What is your single purpose today? And then what is your purpose, whether you're single or married or whatever, Mm -hmm. whatever label hat you are wearing that God has called you to, what is he calling you to today? Go do that next thing. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com.